Hi guys, welcome back to the Whip Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Harris, as usual. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Introduce yourself. Go for it. Hi, I'm Muna Traore. Um, is that how you say it? Well, that's how I say it for white people. What, um, <laughs> what is that? What is that? It's the Mali last name. Okay, cool. Mali. Rebecca James on CBC's hit show Murdoch Mysteries. Yes. So ask your grandmas about me. <laughs> and um, I am on a couple of other shows and I'm in a few movies. And, what movies? Um, well, I'm, I have a movie coming out called Brown Girl in the Ring and it's based on Nalo Hopkinson's book called Brown Girl in the Ring and I'm the lead in the movie and it's an Afro-futuristic sci-fi movie. Cool. It's really cool. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds really it's cool. It's just um, a sci-fi film that is all Afrocentric. Cool. Yeah. That's sick. It's really, really cool. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks I'm for excited me. to do this, actually, because I don't know that much about you. Sometimes I was saying, sometimes I know a little bit about my guests, like a little bit more or mm-hmm. a lot. So the conversation, like, I kind of know what they're going to say-ish. So yeah. it's it's good. You have no idea where this is going to go, baby. <laughs> So we're both here in LA now. Yeah. You're out here for pilot season, yeah? Yeah, I am. How is that going? Uh, it's kind of disappointing. Like, how come? Well, the thing is, there's like no rules or rhyme or reason to how things go here. It's just like a free-for-all. There's so many actors. There are like, I think a couple hundred thousand actors in Los Angeles, you know, and only so many parts. So it's so competitive. And now that you have a lot of A-list film stars doing TV, you know, like actors who would normally have just stuck to, you know, either television or film, uh, I mean, actors who would have stuck to film are now branching out and doing television. You have Nicole Kidman doing, like, a primetime TV show. Series is what's popping. Yeah, but it's kind of insane. So it's, like, little guys like me who are trying to get their, like, foot in the door are um, having to compete with a lot of other, a lot of other big names. So... It's not that, working out too good. <laughs> <laughs> it may, though. Like, it may... Yeah, you I don't mean, know it, what will we'll happen. See. I mean, I'll, yeah, all kinds of crazy shit happened in this industry. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what were you doing before you... Because were you just modeling before and then transitioned into acting? No, no, no. I actually only like, started modeling... Like, tell me modeling. your story. Tell me... Okay, oh, no. Here's a, here's a good question. Okay. That I heard at the Girl Boss Rally that Sophia likes to ask people, but I thought it was a really interesting question. Okay. What was your very first job? Like, paid job? Paid job. Could have been, like, when oh you my were God. 15. My, my first paid job was working for Hollister. I was, like, one of the Hollister models in the store. That's pretty swaggy. <laughs> Most people are, like, I worked at McDonald's. Or, like, I worked at... That's pretty swaggy. No, it's still, like, Hollister. So I'd stand outside and be, like, hey, guys, welcome to Hollister. Hollister jeans make everything look better, so come check them out, okay? Hey, guys, Hollister's got spring break covered, okay? So come check it out. <laughs> and i just do that all day. Interesting. In That's the mall. Funny. It was fucking awful. <laughs> Which mall? At Sherway. Because I went to school in Etobicoke, so I just, like, on my spare, like, I'd have, like, a spare that was um, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I'd end my day early, and I'd just go to the mall with my girlfriend, who also worked at Hollister, and just, like, work for a couple hours and then go home. Which sucked, because I lived downtown, 
but like it was really close to my high school. Right. Yeah. Have you always wanted to be an actor? Yeah, since I that's the only thing I've ever wanted to be in my entire life. You're so animated. You're such an actor for sure. I, I was. I don't understand. I was people, born to be a baby. I don't understand people that act. Like I literally can't what, what imagine do, doing that. It's fucking awful. It's brutal. But it's also like, like in, for me, it's intrinsically a part of who I am. If you watch. Dude, I have videos on my phone I can show you. Like, if you watch videos of me from the time I'm like four years old, anytime there's a camera on me, I'm like, Daddy, Daddy! Like, performing, <laughs> like, shaking, doing whatever. Like, I was just, I came out of the womb. I, I remember, like, wanting to be an actor at, like, three years old, but not even knowing the word for it or what it was. Right. Just, like, seeing people on TV and being like, I want to do that. Why can't I do that? Can I go on the TV and do that? Like... Yeah, that's, yeah, for me, like, any time, like, any friends that I have that are actors, I'm just like, what? For me, like, I, I, I don't think I could be anyone but myself, so thinking about, some like, but you getting like, into that role freaks me like, out. I feel like it's all just, like, versions of myself. Yeah, Maybe it's just because I'm a shitty actor, but I feel like <laughs> everything I do is, is born of some part of me, like, the yeah. way that I work is all about... And, like, something you put, um like you plug into right like yeah. a facet of yourself so like for me the way i work character isn't something i put on it's not like a costume i suddenly like get a wig on and i'm like i'm a character no it's like something i reveal about myself so i have to be grounded in the truth of who i am and what i know about a situation before i can actually work on a character because it has to come from what i know so if i'm doing a scene about rape okay yes i've never been raped before i don't know what that actually feels like but i do know what it feels like to be violated what are instances in my life where i have been violated that i can use to understand the okay, emotion of that character that's cool yeah have you done those crazy classes where they like what is it called my friend michelle was telling me about it I guess it's just like you sit across from somebody. Oh, like a Meisner class? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was telling me about that and we I was like, do, whoa. We do, I've done like, yeah, very similar. It's not a Meisner class, but like similar stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, it's It's brutal. intense, right? Yeah, it's a brutal. Like you can cry and get super mad and like different emotions come up, she was telling me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That for me is like too much. I would freak. That's because you're repressed, girl. Yeah, of course. Are we yeah. all? Well, no. I mean, I mean. I am in like, certain aspects of my personality, 100%. My job, though, is to, like, get out of that. Like, I have to live out every expression of myself, which is why I'm a lot to handle in relationships, I think, because I'm constantly, like, digging and exploring, and, like, I'm not someone who can be content to just, like, have an outburst and not ask why. Like, I have to ask why or else my work is going to suffer for it. Right. Yeah. And you're what sign? Bitch! <laughs> you know? <laughs> my rising sign is Scorpio, so okay. I totally understand. I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. Um... Yeah, which makes for a not so um, pleasant combination sometimes <laughs> with me and partners. Yeah. yeah, but it's good. I feel like Scorpios are like super passionate and intense, and I sometimes would rather that than have like. Well, people know where the fuck they stand with me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. like that's the thing. It's like I'm not someone who's gonna like beat around the bush or be like like fake nice to you. It's like if I don't like you, I literally like like especially with men, I have no problem letting them know. Let's talk about men. <laughs> Who are they? What is what a man? Are those? What does that mean, men? <laughs> How do you find, like, with your personality... Okay, okay, okay. So what you just said. Ex- expand on what you just said. Because I think it's important to well, talk like, about Well, with my personality, it's really hard. Like, you're, you're being very honest about who you are as a person and how it sometimes doesn't work out well, in relationships. it doesn't... Friendships, relationships, family. Like, nobody can stand me. I have no <laughs> friends. I can't stay in a relationship. I'm fucking lonely. Literally, my friends are booked. Girl, um, me too. 
Um, I'm a lot for a people. I am very demanding. And I, and I think it's like, like my desire for the pursuit of truth is intense for men. So yeah. like I need a man who is willing to go toe to toe for me. And it's very hard to find a man who is that curious, that inquisitive about their inner world. Like it, it hmm. generally has to be a man who is very sensitive and in tune and committed to exploring themselves and I have yet to actually find someone who thank you she just sprayed a beautiful miss on me um I've yet to find a man who's willing to like walk that path like I think that me too I I totally relate to everything you're saying like I've met men who who like the idea of it but the actual experience they can't handle Mm -hmm. a lot of men think that they can keep up and then they want to they want to come in to my world or, you know, join forces with me, and then they realize, uh-uh, they're not built like that. They're not built for it. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a journey. I, if I, have to, like, I feel like a lot of relationships I've been in, like, I kind of search for that inner thing, too. Like, I'm like, okay, let's go deeper, let's go deeper, let's go deeper. And they're like, either can't, don't have the capacity to, or don't want to go there. Yeah, and that's the thing. you got to keep it moving. I think I've waited a long time for men, like, I was like... Like, oh, okay, I'll give you time to, like, acclimatize and catch up. No, no, there's no time. That's it's called like, getting older, and you're like, I'm not wasting my time doing that anymore. No, We're waiting like, for you. I'm trying to have babies. Yeah. Like, Do you want to have kids soon? Yes. I, I want to have kids by 30, but, like, um, you know, I want to be able to spend a good amount of time with my partner exploring them and diving into them before I have kids. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you have to put it out there. Well, I am. The, the background on my phone is me and Dev Patel. and so, Well, you better stop saying, I don't think that's going to happen. Dev hasn't called me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we're supposed to be together. He doesn't know it yet, but we are. Well, you better start saying it. I'm affirming it. Yeah, there you go. Got to manifest Right here, shit. right now. Um, yeah. Um... I don't know like I want a lot in a relationship and I don't even know what that looks like I read a really interesting book this year called uh, Sex at Dawn Mm -hmm. and it's this really really great scientific um, book about human mating patterns Mm -hmm. and you know examining the idea of marriage and monogamy and what that means in society and if it's not working which it clearly isn't uh-huh. Why are we so dedicated to pursuing that romantic ideal? But did it talk about that we're just like conditioned to feel like we need to pursue that? Well, ideal? that's a myth, and it actually debunks that myth. And it talks the, about what I just said. Yes. Okay. It's well, a yes, myth. Tell me that. Like, oh, well, it talks about how you know the notion that humans are innately jealous and desire or, and possessive, and desire a nuclear family, and you know that whole sort of family dynamic that we have in the West. It totally eradicates that myth because it, it presents all this really great supportive, supportive evidence about egalitarian societies before the agricultural revolution and how the agricultural revolution changed how human beings existed in communities and um, relationship dynamics, that, uh, how they changed after the agricultural revolution. So it's really, really interesting. And I got really mad when I read it. I actually threw it at my lover at the time because (laughs) I was like, just like furious because I had one part of me that's like, I want a man to want me and I want to like be 
in a fucking relationship with one person and like have that fucking dream. But then the other part of me is a rational, smart, intelligent human being where I'm presented in like thousands of pages of evidence of like human behavior. How can I dispute it? I know it myself. I have desires for other men. I want to pretend like I don't. I want to pretend that I will meet. That's exactly what I mean. I want to pretend that I will meet the one man that will change everything. But Lord knows that it's not going to happen. I'm always going to have a poom poom. And that poom poom is always going to thirst for whatever walks by and looks and smells good. Well, we just found the name of this episode. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes. Poom poom problems. (laughs) So... Okay, so either after you've gathered all this information, where do you stand right now? You're obviously well, still, like, you're not at the point where you're throwing the book anymore, so how do you feel about it now? Well, I mean, I don't have the book anymore to throw at <laughs> anybody, but um, um, right now where it stands is that I want a partner who wants to engage with me in a loving and mutually supportive way. I want to be able to negotiate what, our relationship our marriage looks like based on our own needs our individual needs and to be a very evolved person to do that yes which is amazing it's like and honest and honest about what it is that you need and what it is that you want and being committed to growing as it evolves and transforms because I know what I want today might not be what I want after I have children might not be what I want you know 10, 15 years from now, because I'm always changing, I'm always growing, I'm always pursuing different aspects of myself. And I think that it's, it's erroneous to go into it at, you know, age 30 or whatever age and be like, I'm going to predict that I'm going to feel this way for the next, that's the, the rest absurdity of, my life. of the whole idea, right? I don't fucking know. I might get sick of this man. But I don't know for marriage, like, okay, marriage is fine and everything. Like, I don't ju- obviously judge anyone who's married, but I feel like it's just like this thing that we put out there that's like okay let me lock this in so if you want to leave it's going to be really hard do you know what i mean like that doesn't sound like yeah but but also it's like look at the evidence it doesn't work it doesn't change our behavior our behavior is still going to be promiscuous or at least in desire of other or at least curious and curious yeah and so you know for me what I would like to work towards with another person is the possibility of having a marriage or a relationship where I can build a foundation with someone, build a house and a home with someone, you know, merge assets, you know, build a future of security, but, um, you know, still be open to the possibility that my partner or myself will want to have other romantic partners or will not necessarily be satisfied with just each other. It's oh Siri, can you not? Siri's trying to insert herself in the conversation. I think it's a lot to ask of a partner to be all the things that we expect or all the things that we're told we should expect and demand from a, an, uh, a person when we're in a relationship. And I think it's unfair. So, okay, can you say that again? Say the unfair part again. I just want to understand it. I'm saying that I think it's a lot for us to demand that our partner be like our best friend and romantic and a good father and all, like, all the fucking things that we project onto our ideal partner in a relationship. I think that that's a huge weight to carry and clearly it's not working out for 50% of people. More. More. 
So maybe... Because a lot of them are still in the marriage and then just fucking other people. Yeah, so maybe instead of being deceptive and manipulative about it, why don't I negotiate different terms for a relationship that at least allow for that kind of exploration to feel like I'm still allowed to be that person. I'm a fucking animal. I like to fuck. I like to smell other people's butts. I like to do all kinds (laughs) of weird, freaky things. And it's like marriage is like this pretense that I'm none of those things. If I want to get gangbang, let me get gangbang. It doesn't mean I love you any less. It doesn't mean I can't take care of my kids. Damn, I think I got a new <laughs> title for the episode. You keep changing you the keep, title. You just keep giving me bangers. <laughs> bangers, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't want to infringe upon another human being's expression Okay, but let, okay, so this is what I okay. This and is I don't I, want them to inhibit mine, but I want to be able to come to a mutual agreement. This is my real question. These are all amazing concepts, right? Like amazing. This mm-hmm. is such an amazing concept. But do you think that you could actually do it? Like, do you think if you were actually with someone and then they were like, "I want to go smell someone else's butt and get gangbanged," you'd be open. You, you would be open to letting let them me do tell it. you the last guy I fucking dated. The entire time we were together, it was a fucking social experiment because he was sexually active with other people. I wasn't the entire time. Okay. And it wasn't that I wasn't with other people because I was like, well, I'm not going to be in it because I want you to be committed to me. No, it was because I genuinely didn't want to be with anybody else, but I wasn't going to limit myself and say, okay, well, even though we're long distance and la la la. I'm going to expect you to only be with me and I'm going to expect me to only be with you. No. I could have met fucking Dev Patel on the street the next day and I wasn't going to say no. You know, like, I... I... So you think, yes, you can do it. I'm not... I don't think it would be easy. I think it would be... Right. I think it would be very hard because, again, we are brought up to have a very specific kind of social expectation of what our lovers and our partners should be. If I grew up in a society where... For instance, there are societies where people believe that a baby is made up of the sperm of multiple men, not just one man. That's crazy. We would live, I would live in a society where I wouldn't feel a desire to be loyal to my husband. It would be actually my duty to have sex with as many other men with good qualities as possible. Where they got that at? Girl, you got it in the Amazon. <laughs> you trying to go to Brazil? Let's go. I'm trying to go. Yeah, no, but I'm saying Sounds it's like, great. But I'm saying like our own social conditioning changes how we see fidelity. It changes how we see those kinds of dynamics. You know, like like isn't that so crazy though? It's like just literally all based on our location. Yeah, there are societies <sighs> where they where women will encourage their husbands to have sex with other women because it actually means that their home life or their family life is significantly better because when a man has sex with more women he incre- he's has increased testosterone and the increased testosterone levels actually have re- very real health benefits for the man those health benefits translate to social and cultural benefits as well girl you so, gotta read this book it's, it's interesting yeah please send it over yeah i want to ask you something else too so i noticed on your social media for Black History Month, you were posting like a, what was it, a book a day? Yeah. Can you explain that to me and why it's so important to you? And not only that, I mean, I'm sure you have a million reasons, but why it's also so important to you to put it out into the world because you can read the books and not tell anyone. 
Well, I mean, I find Black History Month to be problematic because I think Black history is American history, it's Canadian history, it's human history. So why do we have to, like, it should be something that we work to immerse within all facets of history and literature. But, you know, I'm not one to fall back from a celebration of Blackness. I'll always be there for it. So I was like, you know, what can I contribute to this dialogue? And especially with everything happening in the world and like my fucking social media being filled with Trump, Trump, Trump. I was like, okay, I'm going to put this out. And so I decided to do hashtag Black History in Books where I uh, posted a book by a Black author every single day and a little ditty about the author and the book and everything. And I think it just came out of more than anything just wanting people to have an alternative perspective of Black voices in literature because I think that especially like if you don't go and seek it out how are you going to know that any of these books exist because they're not taught within curriculums unless you go to university for it so what i my i guess my my main point was just to expose people to as much as possible and i had like hundreds of people following me every day and like keeping up with the books were they messaging you about it yeah every day every day i had people who were inquiring about the books the topics sparking conversations i also had honorable honorable mentions and the honorable mentions were actually books by white authors about uh topics to do with whatever the book i chose today was right that day was so um you know one day my honorable mention was a book by tim wise and tim wise is a white political activist and social commentator commentator and I love Tim Wise. I love me some Tim Wise. So I felt it was important to include his book, Dear White America, because it spoke to what the previous book had been talking about. Gotcha. I um No, no, it's fine. I um, am a horrible reader. So like... <laughs> what does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't enjoy reading. I'm a little bit dyslexic. So like, it's very slight. So like, I mix things up. I love to listen to books. Oh, okay, cool. So like... When I was when I saw your post, I was just like feeling guilty. I'm like, I need to read more. Fuck. And then I was like, Well, listen to an audio book. No, you can, yeah, you can I love audio Engage with literature in so many different ways. And gratitude to women in how you live, your actions. If you're emotionally extortive and unavailable with the women in your life, condescending and verbally abusive, or judgmental and critical about their appearance or sexuality, you are contributing to a culture of oppression that inhibits women from living out the, their best true selves. Now, I'm not trying to throw sh direct shade, but some of y'all hopped on the bandwagon and I have to question your sincerity because I know, I know you and I see how you live. If you truly want to be an ally, be open, honest, and emotionally available. Manage your relationships with integrity with women and men. Take a stand and participate <clears throat> beyond social media. Make demands at work and at home that empower women and assert their equal rights. Because I know that some of these men... Fuck it up, girl. <laughs> I know, but you know what it is? I know that some of these men, when they hear a sexist joke or when they're at work and they know that they're getting paid more than another woman, aren't really going to do anything about it. That's what I think that, like, more importantly than, like, more, more important... What's more important is to, than, like, you know, just, like, bashing men and whatever, because I'm really not into that either. It's, like... Men who, like, men who like show no no I know you're not I'm done that's not what I'm saying I'm saying like that happens a lot but I think more what's more important than that is like these men like empowering these men that like do show up to the women's march and like do actually do things on a daily basis that are like stay at home dads and like there's so many different fucking things right yeah like those are the men that I'm like 
those are the ones I fuck with, not the and ones I feel that like, like those post are the on ones, social media. But those are the ones who aren't posting on social media. Those are the ones who yeah. are just out doing the real work. Yeah. And so for me, it's like I find it offensive to my sensibilities that because of this trend of um, being socially active, politically active, I find that a lot of these men who I think are problematic in real life are putting out the impression that they're not. So when I see a man who is manipulative with women, abusive with women, that I know personally, posting on social media about International Women's Day, it grinds my gears. Get the fuck off my timeline with that. And like, instead of making a fucking Facebook status, why don't you sit your ass under a tree and think about the way you've been treating this woman for the past fucking year? Okay. So what do you, do you think that... Okay, did anyone comment on your post? Or oh, mad, ha- people, okay. mad people commented and okay, shared my post. Okay, forget all the women that po- commented, because fine. I want to know what the men said. The straight men or the gay men? I don't care. Well, the gay men were, all, were there for it. You know, like, like I mean, my some of my best friends and biggest supporters are gay males, so... Okay, what did the non-gay men say? Uh, I think one of them was just like, you know, thank you for keeping it real and doing it with so directly you know Uh but and that is someone who i would say is definitely a feminist man but for the most part the men who i think needed to hear it the most didn't comment or like they're absent from it and maybe they didn't see the status maybe the algorithm made it so that they (laughs) blame it on the algorithm i don't know i don't know i don't know but the people (laughs) who are engaging with it are the people who actually aren't the people the message is for so right 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 Got it. That's what I wanted to know, because it's like... But maybe they saw it, and that's all I need. I uh, Like, if they saw it and read it, maybe it means that they think I'm a bitter bitch. Maybe it means that they might think about themselves and their behavior a bit more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. For me, it's like, this is like what I do with my life at this point. You know? Like, I'm all about it. And there's going to be things that I miss, and I'm like, not perfect, but I'm definitely on the feminist wave. I hate that word, wave, but whatever. Um... So like, I'm on the feminist wave. It's just super. Wave. It's super trendy right now. Yeah, I'm on the feminist feminist wave. I'm on the Black Lives Matter wave. But we have to be critical about how we engage with these political movements and and be critical about who participates and how they participate. It's like uh, I have. I actually have a girlfriend who is. Um, I do, what I was meaning to say is I feel like people that do it every day don't feel the need to like go post on social media about it. Yeah, and, and like, like they're actually doing something. And then the ones that have time to do all of this are like, I'm like, you're you're absent. Mm-hmm. You know, so that for me pisses me off. But well, it's like I feel like there's people who selectively choose on certain holidays or certain event days of certain events to be like the most proactive. But you're only proactive on sh- social media. I don't see you showing up to the meetings, and. Sometimes I feel like people get that impression of me because I'm an actor and, and um, you know, on social media and Instagram, I have, you know, a certain image. And that is in part my fault. Like, I should share a bit more beyond, like, you I think know. you do, though. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I mean, I had, I mean, I was critical of this girl and what she did. So maybe that's why she came at me that way. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing that I have no time to get into. And I'm not going to. Throw that kind of shade today. The shade is directly for another topic. But um, so sometimes I feel like people who don't know how I'm politically active and socially active in my life think that it's a bit arrogant of me to speak about these issues. But I am somebody who engages in it. 
almost every day I'm all, all the for time. the mentality of like even if, I really feel like everyone should speak everyone should have a voice even if I don't agree with it even if their voice is shit even if they're completely ignorant because I think that in, everything needs to be brought up mm-hmm. like yeah I have to know what you're bringing to the table so I could swipe it off like I'm I'm more like weary of people that just don't say anything at all like that for me is even worse than you saying some really ignorant ass Trump shit that I just don't agree with. Yeah, that's... because then maybe we can meet in the middle. Maybe we can't, but at least but at that, least it's it, up for grabs. Yeah, it's an opportunity to yeah. at least have a conversation. Whereas somebody who's silent, that's also I mean that's dangerous. Yeah, and that means that they can be complicit in something without you even knowing it. I don't want you eating on my table. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't need to come to my house. I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> me too. All right, well, this is a really awesome conversation. Thank you for coming on. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so Tell much. people what you're up to next, if you would like. Um, tell them where to follow you. Tell them so, where to find you, all that stuff. So up next. And spell it out for them. Up next, I got unemployment. <laughs> I have nothing lined up. Uh, That's called next. a freelance life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm working on, I have um, a TV pilot that I'm working on and a feature film that I'm working on. And I'm trying to get my, my series made, which is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, oh, like my company and stuff? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. yeah. So I have... Because we... Um, remember we did something together? We oh, did a yeah, shoot yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh, so I have a film production company called The Mini Films with my partner, Elizabeth Melanson. And together we create short films and we also have a web series in development and I'm also currently developing a feature film. The most recent short film that you put out was phenomenal. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, I watched it. When? Uh, I don't know. It was it wasn't like super recent. Like it was okay. a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Cool. Oh it was God. it was like I was blown away. You were really, really, really good. It's funny because that film that we did adorn Tanika Davis was the star of, and she's like <laughs> on the wall right here. Um, and that film has gone to do like a bunch of film festivals, and it, the reception has been pretty Dude, good. That's we, fucking awesome. We won an award. What so award? I'm an award-winning filmmaker now. <laughs> um, at the Montreal Black Film Festival, we won best picture in the short film category. Um, and so yeah, I'm just trying to build. I, I want to create more content, and it's it's kind of weird because I like I wish I could just take off a year to like write, but um, you can. You have to fit it in. It's I, called. Well, I'm, I'm doing, there's a plate. And you don't take things off the plate. You just make the plate bigger. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot of writing done here, and I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, but The sun helps, right, to be, like, inspired? Oh, For me, yeah. it does. I, I want to get, like, a research grant, though, because um, the, the feature I'm working on is sort of, like, a mixture of the story of my life and the story of my mom's life. Cool. And my mom's from Haiti. So I want to be able to go to Haiti and do research and just, like, do a lot of, like, prep work for the film there. And it's also, like, really hot and beautiful. and Well, that would be, like, a really cool experience. Yeah. To get to, like, work on that and... Uh, well, that's the plan. The yeah, plan is to film, cool. like, half in Haiti, half in Toronto. That'd be cool. With with um, actors and crew from both both places. Oh, I just love you so much more now. Oh, I love you too. I do. You're awesome. Okay, tell people where they can find you. Okay, baby. So you can find me on social media. At 647. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> At um at underscore Munatrare. So that's uh underscore M O U N A T R A O R E. Uh hit me up. Let me know your thoughts on my um <laughs> on the things that I said today. <laughs> if you agree, if you don't agree, if you want to throw tomatoes at me, I'll show up. <laughs> I like tomatoes. I love that. So, Thank yeah. you for coming on. Uh, you can follow me at I am Bianca Harris everywhere and Whip Toronto everywhere. Don't forget to get your tickets for the Whip 3 Summit May 13th in Toronto. You better be there. I'm going to be there. I'm a Whip 
<laughs> and <Whip>. meaning. <laughs> um, you can get those at whip3summit.eventbrite.ca. And that's a wrap. <laughs> cool. That was fun. You were so good. Oh, 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 oh